Hey, you guys, what is going on? Welcome to the camera ads 10 pounds. That's right. I'm your host, Peter Sirs. You're welcome. And uh, before we start, as always, this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Performa.com. Performa, they have all of your fitness accessory needs. So if you like meal prep bags, meal prep containers, freaking shaker cups, workout towels, wrist straps, wrist straps, pill bo- pill containers, all those things that you need for your fitness goals, go to performa.com. They have superheroes. They got Transformers. They got MLB stuff. They got Game of Thrones. They've got fucking Greek mythology. They got so many, dude. I mean, honestly, I think I need more of their stuff. My girlfriend gets mad, so I have to like you know, be careful what I bring in. And she knows when I get new shit, she's like, did you get a new shaker cup? I'm like, fuck yeah, I got a new shaker cup, dude. I didn't have this one, okay? So anyway, go to performa.com, enter the promo code 10 pounds. That's the word 10, the word pounds. You'll save 15% off your order. And this podcast is also brought to you by my good friends at Bucked Up Supplements. That's right, Bucked Up. I take all their stuff, man. I take their testosterone booster. I take their pre-workout. I take their amino acids. I take their creatine. I take so many things, you guys. Any fitness supplement you need, vitamins, protein powder, you know, um, they, they got coffee creamer now. They got so many things, dude. Seriously, they, they fucking, they're awesome. You guys know me. I'm not going to partner with some fucking supplement company. People send me shit all the time. Hey, try this. We'd love to. i like, fuck you, man. Your shit sucks. Okay. I reached out to Bucked Up because I loved their stuff and now I'm an ambassador. So anyway, go to buckedup.com, enter promo code 10 pounds. That's the number 10 and the word pounds and you'll save 20% off your order. And if you're not, if you don't want to commit to something, go ahead and get one of their sample packs. It's free. All you got to do is pay shipping and handling and then you'll see what I see and you'll thank me later. So anyway, um, let's get this podcast started, you guys. I am, uh, we are, we are, we are giving you history right here, right now. Uh, this is the first time ever, ever in the history of this podcast that I have recorded an episode while in my car. <laughs> I am in my car. I'm in fucking traffic, dude. It's fucking insane. I'm tired of it. And even though the Dodgers are on, I was like, you know what? Fuck it, man. I'm going to fucking do a podcast because I i didn't do one last week. And my schedule this week is even worse than it was last week. So, uh, so I'm just going to bring it to you guys. It's just me. No time for an interview. No time for anything. But I just wanted to kind of to kind of say what's up, touch base with you guys. Um, I don't know how many of you guys know me personally or, you know, I don't know. I don't know who listens and I don't care. I know people listen. So this is for you guys. Um, the last couple weeks have been very, uh, how can I say, uh, confusing, I guess you can say. Um, you know, as you guys all know, if you've listened to this for any amount of time, you know that I spent the last fucking year and some change out in Oklahoma and because of the pandemic, you know, dragging on, I obviously, it was never my intention to move to Oklahoma and take up residence there. But, you know, as the pandemic dragged on, it was just kind of obvious that that's probably the best move. And I'll be honest, you guys, I, I don't regret it. You know, I learned a lot. I, I mean, I've talked about it on this podcast, but 
you know, it was definitely a learning experience for me. I mean, for everybody, right? But like going out to the country and, you know, kind of getting my feet wet and farm life and then also just being away from the city and being away from, you know, kind of uh, the echo chamber that could be L.A. where everyone kind of, well, I don't know. It's a little different now. Like, I think before <laughs> politically, you know, you could you could talk shit about Donald Trump and this and that and everybody would be on your side and, you know, it's mostly left-leaning, but I feel like this pandemic has opened some people's eyes, or at least caused some people to change their viewpoints, which is completely understandable, because they kind of fucked up here, but it is what it is, man, but, you know, I've been talking this whole time about looking forward to coming back home, and, you know, being done with Oklahoma, and all that stuff, and and, and that w- that's true, you know, but at the same time, you know, a couple weeks ago, as I set out to to head back to California, you know, I kind of had a plan of how things were going to go down. Um, I wanted to come out. So my lease in Oklahoma, our lease is up at the end of October. So my plan has always been to come out here. You know, I, was, I wanted to come out here in July for a few weeks, kind of get the ball rolling on everything. And then with the masks being re-implemented and everything, I just didn't, I wasn't sure if it was the right time to do that, you know, and then I wanted to come back in August, and then fucking, it just got hard, because, you know, I had a job in Oklahoma, and I couldn't get people to cover me, and it was just going to be messy, so I was like, you know what, man, I'll hold off, and then, so finally, I'm like, well, I can't hold off anymore, I got to go out there and see if, if it's time, you know, and... You know, I had a, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I had a lot of mixed feelings about coming back. I, uh, I know that even though I don't even know where to start if I'm being honest. I mean, I, I hated working on the farm. <laughs> Let me start off by saying that. Like, I did not. I mean, yeah. Like, did I make it? Did I try my best to make it fun? Of course. Like, I wasn't just going to be a Debbie Downer. And, you know, I mean. There were times, especially on the farm, when I broke down and cried and just thought about, like, what the fuck was going to happen. Because none of us knew what's going to happen. And, you know, honestly, we still don't know what's going to happen because this thing keeps, this, this COVID is not going anywhere. You know, there's, there's different variants. And now they're talking about getting fucking booster shots and fucking God knows what. And you're just like. I mean, who knows what is going to happen? You know what I mean? But back last summer, it was like, I mean, is this going to be the end of the world? You know, with all the riots and everything, like, is society going to crumble? And I mean, I'll be honest, it still might, dude, like, because shit keeps fucking, you know, all the all these people and conspiracy people keep talking about like these bombshells that are supposed to be dropped that we're going to find out and I can't even get you get started on the people that think that I mean, and I don't know who knows, you know, but the people that think that the real is that election results are about to come out. And that's why they put a fence up at the White House, because they know that the people are going to revolt when they find out that they stole the election. I mean, there's people that believe this and, you know, bless their hearts if they really believe that. And you know what? Maybe they maybe they know maybe they're the smart ones and we're all the dumb ones. Because we don't know these things. But at the end of the day, my point is, 
is last summer I, I just you know I, it just it was just really hard for me to accept you know all the hard work that I put in in my stand up and everything and how everything was just kind of lost and you know I mean you guys heard it you know so I was really looking forward to the pandemic being over and getting my life back you know but as the thing dragged on you know my life took different shape you know and I'll be honest you know when I, when I left a couple Fridays ago to come out to California like I was sad you guys because you know a part of me was like okay like I'm going back home to hopefully you know restart my life and get back all the shit that I lost and you know get back on all those stages here and get back to networking with the right people and you know getting my face in front of the right people and you know hopefully you know I've talked about it on here but like I want to be in a fucking Marvel movie you guys so bad I don't really give a shit about acting anymore I mean if I'm being honest I love fucking stand-up so much and I don't have to do I mean there's still politics and bullshit involved in stand-up but at least I know that I've created my art and whether or not my special gets picked up by anybody like you guys are going to see it once I release it whether I release it you know on Amazon or whatever or someone buys it you know who knows but you guys are going to see it and it's, so it's like I have regardless of who wants to give me a deal and not give me a deal like you can't take away what I what what I, what I created you know no one's going to be able to take that away from me at the end of the day whereas in acting you know you might be good but if no one gives you a part you're not really going to get your opportunity to shine you know I mean maybe if I get an audition and then I nail it but like the, the, so that's that's why I just I don't really I, I, I do want to be in a Marvel movie because I think it'll be fucking badass or a DC movie whatever I don't care I'm not picky but I do want to be in a superhero thing like because it would just be like the culmination of all the hard work that I put in and the gym and all that stuff like that's what I want you know but as far as the rest of acting I'm just like I'm whatever dude like I, I don't even care because I love stand-up so much and I do so much with stand-up that I'm just like that's my focus man so anyway um, but I just want to get back to all that you know so that's why I've been eagerly awaiting you know being able to come back to California but as you know the pandemic obviously dragged on and dragged on you know I, I made some some really good uh, you know just I, I think I talked about I talked about this on the podcast before but like there's just so many good people that I met in Oklahoma you know and I kind of got accustomed to life being a little bit simpler you know a little bit slower I was obviously still doing stand-up, so that didn't stop, although I couldn't get up and do stand-up every night like I can when I'm back home. Like, I don't know. Like, I was really emotional about leaving, and my girlfriend was making fun of me. She's like, you love Oklahoma. I'm like, I don't love Oklahoma, but, like, you know, it has become, I mean, even though it was, it's temporary, or so I thought, like, it, it, it did become home, and you know the the old saying home is where the heart is and it's like yeah like you know i i met some great people and it, it's it's honestly a lot less stress involved in living in oklahoma you know and so i, I really put a lot of thought into this and 
you know, like I said, I was emotional, but I was excited to get back to L.A., you know, try to start my life. You know, my plan was to come out here for, you know, a couple weeks, figure out, you know, where I wanted to live, if I wanted to, uh, you know, where I wanted to train people at, where I, you know, just stuff like how I'm going to make it work, you know, just all these different details that I needed to come work out, but also just like to, to be here and kind of look around and and say to myself, like, is this, is this time to come back? Like, is, is it time or is, is this where I want to be or, or, or am I okay being in Oklahoma? And I'm going to be honest, you guys, I don't know what the best move is anymore. <laughs> like, you know, the thing about being in LA is, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I love here. Obviously, I mean, it's all I've known my whole life. You know, I have obviously the Dodgers, which is huge. Like, I love going to games and, you know, I went to a game. That was one of the first things I did when I came back. Um, I just, I just love it. There's so many memories, like memories of my whole life, you know, are there. Um, and in just like restaurants and then just opportunity and, you know, my family's in California, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm filling up my tank with gas and I'm looking at fucking apartments <laughs> and they're like half the size of what we're living in right now, but like, you know, 25% more expensive or 50% more expensive in some cases. And you're just like, fuck man, like, do I really want to go through that again? You know? struggling to make ends meet sometimes because you know comedy is not consistent enough I still need to work I still need to keep other income coming in yes I make some money from the podcast and whatever you know but like there's just a lot of eyes and eyes that need to be dotted and t's to be crossed for me to like come back and be back but like I'm pretty sure that this is where I need to be but I'm not 100% sure. And that's kind of what this podcast is all about. It's just like, man, like I thought I had all the answers before COVID. And then I learned that I didn't. And then now that I'm trying to plan things, I thought I had the answers. And now I still don't. And, you know, I think that's okay. I don't think we have to have all the answers. I think that it's good to have like a fluid situation in certain situations. Did I say situation twice? Like I think it's I think it's just okay to be fluid with certain things because you just never know. You know, that's I think if this pandemic taught us anything, it's that you never know. You don't know. Like you might have a tour planned, you know, across the US and Canada and then a pandemic happens and then you get shut down and then everything closes and but I'll tell you this, man. You know, one thing that I that like I said I've talked about it on here before but one thing that the pandemic has uh, taught me had taught me is just the importance of my family you know my brothers my nephews my nieces you know I mean you know my brothers and I for those of you guys that don't know like we've been through some shit man (laughs) like we have been through some shit and I'll be honest, man, 
we all have our issues, you know. I don't think my brothers would would mind me speaking on their behalf on this, but like, we all have our issues, man, and it's a lot of it has a lot to do with the way that we were brought up and the situations that we had to deal with, you know. And I think we all came out okay, you know. Like I said, we all have our issues, but you know, I think for some people that have that have had to endure some of the shit that we have had to endure you know um i think we made it out okay but at the same time it's like we're also all we have like you know my brother travis has his kids and you know and us and then my brother like you know our parents aren't here anymore we're not really like i mean i love my cousins and if we have a gathering you know, somewhere, and someone invites everybody, and we all go, like, you know, we converse, and we love each other, but it's not like, we're not all, like, close, do you know what I mean, like, we're family, so it's almost like, I guess you kind of take it for granted, you know, but I don't speak to most of my cousins on a regular basis, like, I know, like, you know, we're all follow each other on social media, and whatever, so you kind of know what everybody's doing, but, you know, for the most part, so my brothers and I have always kind of felt like it's just us, you know, and so that's kind of what one of the the factors in, you know, me being away is just like, man, like, I, I wish I could be, you know, see my brothers more, and, you know, so, you know, luckily with the pandemic, you know, my brother Adam, I've, I've stayed at his house quite a bit when I come back, um, you know, so... I'm kind of there, you know, I get to be around my family and I get to see my other brother and my other nephews and stuff. And, you know, I think that no matter what I end up deciding, because my mind's not 100% made up. Like, if you ask me right now, L.A. or Oklahoma, I'm going to say L.A. But there's pros and cons to both, man. And like I said, I can do stand up from Oklahoma like I've been doing it. It's not as easy. You know, I have to travel a lot more. But I travel through L.A. It's not like I'm getting up at the comedy store and the Laugh Factory every night anyway. You know, I'm not famous. So, but I can get up on those stages, like, occasionally. And it's way better than being at on stage at the fucking Looney Bin in Oklahoma. <laughs> being on stage at the... I mean, I've performed at the comedy store hundreds of times, probably. It's the fucking best. I've performed at the Laugh Factory a bunch of times, like perform at the improv like i've performed at the best comedy clubs in the world basically you know aside from new york you know i've even gotten to go you know i've talked about it on here too but you know when i went to zany's in chicago like i performed at some of the best comedy clubs in the, in the world man and it's fucking cool but it's just not the same when I'm not in LA, like in the heart of it, you know, I've always felt that for my stand-up career, starting in LA was the best and worst thing that I could have done because it was the worst thing because if you're in LA, there's thousands of comedians. So, you know, it is what it is, man. You got your open mic circuit, then you have your people that you know run shows and then you have your actual like celebrities and so there's just sense everything in between you know so there's so many people that you don't even know everybody that's in the scene and for me I've always been like 
you know, if I know who someone is, like if I see their name on a, on flyers and stuff, then it's like, I may not know them personally, but I know who they are. I know they're a comic. If I see their name enough, I know they're, they're getting after it, you know, but there's so many people that they're like, oh, I see them on a flyer. I'm like, who the fuck is this person? Like, do you do the road at all? Do you do, you know, like, cause I know I do, but the point is, is I'm still able to do stand up from like I I can live anywhere but you know like I said starting LA com- starting comedy in LA was the worst because it's sometimes hard to get stage time because there's so many famous people here if if a club can can choose from an unknown person like myself or a famous person like I don't know the guy from Coming to America Jermaine Fowler I'm just using him as an example cuz I've been on a show with him like they're gonna go with the famous person but like also it's the worst because because of that you know i've done shows with really big comics like dane cook and bill burr and fucking chris rock and bobby lee like chris D'Elia. like i performed on shows with fucking joe rogan like i'm talking some of the biggest whitney you know hugest comedians in the world and it's great, but at the same time, it's like, if you're someone like me who's not known, and you're on a show with a bunch of people that are known, nobody fucking remembers the guy that was not known. <laughs> like, there's been so many times when I did really well, but then, you know, Dane Cook shows up, and then all everyone remembers is that they got to see Dane Cook, you know? So, like, that's the bad part about being a stand-up. It's just like, you don't get as much stage time sometimes because I mean you can get all the stage time you want in LA I'll I'll say that like there's mics all day long you can you know there's tons of shows at bars and whatnot like there's stage time to be had but this I'm, I'm talking specifically like stage time at like the major comedy clubs a lot of times that time will get taken by famous people you know uh but the good about being in a place like LA and starting stand-up is I got to see what good comedy was you know like I mean my first show I'm pretty sure that Bobby Lee was on the first show that I did there was I can't remember there was somebody famous on my first show I thought it was Bobby Lee it could have been somebody else but in my mind, I'm just like, wait, like, you just do shows and, like, famous people just show up and they put them up? Like, that's crazy, right? But, it, like I said, it got me to be able to see, like, the best comedians in the world. And it got me to see, like, where that bar was. And I knew that I wasn't there, you know, but I knew what to shoot for. Whereas, you know, I'm not trying to talk shit about comedy scenes in any other city, but, like... You know, I'll just I'll just use I'll just use a, a a fictitious city that has a comedy scene. Okay, I don't want anyone's feelings to get hurt. But if I'm if I'm watching guys like you know, and I'll say his name even though he got in trouble, Chris D'Elia, Joe Rogan, fucking Anthony Jeselnik, Daniel Tosh. Like if I'm seeing people like that on a regular basis on stage. And I know where that bar is. And then you're in a town and you're seeing Joe Schmo. And there's a bunch of other Joe Schmoes. You know, you can't really grow in that environment. 
because the bar is very low. You know, you don't even know where the bar is because there's no bar. So you think your dick jokes and your jokes about how you're so drunk and how you don't make any money doing stand-up and blah, blah, blah. Like, you think that's funny, but it's because you don't really have anything else to compare it to. But then you see somebody fucking who is somebody. You see, you know, like I said, someone like, I don't know, Anthony Jeselnik fucking crush. And you're like, oh, that's that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, that's a laugh. He's he's those are punchlines. Those are tags. Those are, you know, you get to see these things. And so and, and I'm not saying that I'm I'm you know, I'm, I'm where I am. I'm nine years into comedy. I work about 24 weeks out of the year at different comedy clubs. Like, I do okay. I don't do great because I'm not at that level yet. I'm at the point now where I'm starting to headline a few clubs, which is great. And they're, that's going to keep happening. And then eventually I'll get to the point where I'm headlining all the clubs that I work. That's what I'm, that's what I'm aiming for. And that's why I want to be in a Marvel movie because... Sometimes the difference between being a headliner versus a middle act, which is what I am for the most part, is the fact that you've been in something where people recognize you and they're like, oh, that's the guy from X, right? That's the guy from Iron Man 5 or that's the guy from Punisher or whatever. You know, like, that's what I want, man. Let fucking John Bernthal beat the fuck out of me, dude. I don't care. I want to be in the Punisher or whatever. Uh, But anyway... So, like I said, I don't need to be in L.A. to do stand-up, but a part of me thinks that I do because I need that. I need, I need to be pushed. You know, I need to be around other people that are trying to get the same thing that I am so we can feed off of that, you know, that energy, that aspiration to, to do bigger and better things instead of just being in a place where everyone's kind of just... You know, and not to talk shit, and, and I'll reference Oklahoma City, but not to talk shit about any of the comics in Oklahoma City, you know, but like, there's a lot of them that are just content with being a kind of funny dude in a small town. And I don't have that mentality, man. I've always thought, and, and I may never be anything close to what I want to be. That's very possible. I, I'm I'm a very realistic person. I might fucking just, you know, run to the wheels fall off, you know, doing road gigs and whatnot, and I might never quote-unquote make it, right? I mean, it's not true. You and I both know that that's not true. But, like, maybe, you know, some not everything's up to me. Some of the things are in other people's hands. I get it. But, like, I've always aimed high. You know, and I, and I tell my girl that it's like, yeah, like I can do comedy from here, but I can't grow. F- I, I don't know. I'll be honest. Like I wrote a lot during the pandemic, which is why you when you guys see uh, I know what you did last quarantine, you'll see a lot of stories about me being on the farm and whatnot, because that was that was what it was, man. That was my reality for, you know, a year and some odd months. Right. Like. So, yeah, of course I'm going to turn that into art, but, you know, I want to be, I want to be around guys that are, 
better than me. I don't want to be around people that are all kind of just the same. You know, I want to be able to to be hanging out at the comedy store and fucking Dave Chappelle walks in and I get to go watch one of the fucking best comedians ever, you know, just talk shit for two hours. Like, that ain't going to happen in Oklahoma City, dude, you know? So, I think that's why I need to come back to L.A., <laughs> but like I said, there's a lot of, it's a little bit more complicated now because I haven't been here for so long. Um, I've been here for a couple weeks now and I feel like, uh, maybe some people forgot about me, which is fine that I, I expected that to happen and I was afraid that would happen. And so I got to kind of get back in everyone's face and remind everyone who the fuck I am, which I'm perfectly willing to do, but it just, it, it's not like. Everyone's like, oh, Peter's back L.A. And, like, I'm getting on stage every night. Like, you know, there's going to be a a period of, like, reminding people and getting in people's face. And, like I said, like, and and sending people messages and whatever and, you know, all that stuff. So, um, as much as I thought that I would fucking come back and the decision would be like, oh, there we go. Yep, I'm back. It, it, It hasn't been as easy of a decision as I thought it was going to be. And my mind still isn't 100% made up, I'll be honest. But, you know, it's it's been great. You know, gyms are open here, thank God. You know, everywhere you have to wear a mask, which is fine. You know, it's like, my thing is like, why didn't they just do this fucking forever ago? They should have done this from the beginning. Fucking make everyone wear masks. Let the people, because the gyms are not busy. I've been to several gyms since I've been here in different locations and none of them have been busy. So maybe people are still weirded out about working out. And, you know, some of my clients aren't ready to come back into the gym, you know, and I and I get it, dude. It's fucking weird, man. But I wish they would have done that from the beginning so that more places wouldn't have closed. And, you know, and so that, you know, I could have come back or even not even left, you know, and things would be easier, I guess. It would be an easier decision, but there's just so much more feelings involved now because I've been in Oklahoma for so long. And like I said, because it's easier, you know, it's a lot cheaper. You know, I know my girl would be happier if we just stayed there, but I know she's also going to support me no matter what I do. We've had this conversation a million times, you know, and she she gets it too. Like, you know, I'm not going to... One of the things that I've always said, and, and on another reason why I haven't, why, why I said I don't really fucking care about acting anymore, is because I feel like I'm going to get something, but it's going to be because of my stand-up. It's going to be because someone saw me do stand-up, and they're like, oh man, i got to put him in this thing, right? And that's not going to happen in Oklahoma. You know, I'm not going to be performing on stage at the fucking Looney Bin or Bricktown and have there be a director. I mean, yeah. Do they tape things in Oklahoma? Yeah, do they tape all kinds of things. Not all kinds of things, but yeah. They film movies and whatever in Oklahoma, but it's not like in LA where like literally anybody in the audience can be someone that can change your life. Literally. On any given night, not even at a comedy club, just at regular shows. People you just never know or you never know who knows somebody that knows somebody like that's a real possibility, man. And so that's why the allure of 
coming back home, you know, gets me because, you know, I, I, I just feel like I have unfinished business. I've been working out since I've been back, you know, I haven't stopped, I'm still training for a marathon, and it's a lot easier running in fucking normal temperatures with no humidity, not like the bullshit that I've been having to run, run in, in, uh, in Oklahoma, man, jeez, I ran 16 miles on Sunday, and it was tough, dude, but it was also tough because I played a baseball game, it's always hard when I have my long runs, but like, I can't, I don't want to run 16 miles on Saturday and then suck at my baseball game because I want to play well at my baseball game. So, you know, between, you know, when I'm in Oklahoma, it's like I'm teaching my dance class and then I run my long days. And I feel like that's helped me because, you know, whether it's doing my dance class and then running or now playing a game and then running like that, I'm kind of tired before I go out into my run. So the run's harder and I feel like it's helping me because there have been instances where like when I was in New Orleans or when I was in DC and I just ran, you know, 12, 13 miles. And because I hadn't done anything else, it was almost like easy. It's just like, I just wake up, eat some breakfast and then I go run and it's a fucking piece of cake. Right. So I think that's why I like doing that because on race day, I'm not going to obviously play a game or anything like that. I'm just going to fucking get up and go run the race. So I don't know, man, I don't have all the answers, but, um, I just wanted to kind of touch base with you guys, let me know, let you guys know what was going on. Like I said, I've been in traffic all week (laughs) and I was like, you know what? I need to do a fucking podcast, dude. I'll just fucking bring it out and do it. So that's that. It's a shorter version because I should be concentrating on the road. I don't even know how long we've been doing this. Looks like about a half hour or so. Um, Do I have any shows coming up? Yes, I do. I'm going to be in San Diego, October 8th and 9th. And then I'm also going to be, uh, I have like a run. I'm going to be in, in Lake Havasu Thursday, October, I think it's the 14th. I should know this. October, shit. I'm looking at my calendar while I'm driving, which I don't recommend. October 13th is a Wednesday. So October 13th, which is a Wednesday, I'll be in Lake Havasu performing somewhere. Um, if you're there, I don't know it'll be uh, somewhere uh, <laughs> and then Thursday October 15th or 14th I guess that is I'll be somewhere in Kingman Arizona performing and then uh, Friday and Saturday October 15th and 16th I'll be at Laughs Comedy Club in Tucson um, literally I want to say like the same weekend that I was there last year but um, last year when I was there no actually maybe like a week earlier but last year when I was there I, uh, it was like, like a couple, a few days after, I guess, no, my dad died on Sunday. So, and I had shows on Friday and Saturday and I had thought about canceling them, but I was like, why, you know, (laughs) like Brett Favre fucking did Monday night football a day or so after his dad died and had like the best game ever. And so for me, I'm just like, you know, like I talk about my dad and stuff and why wouldn't I just get back on stage, you know? So, um, that was the last time I was there though. And I talked about it that weekend when I was there, I talked about the fact that my dad had just died. So now I have, uh, some more material about my dad dying and how that was and stuff. So I'm excited, man. So I've got a few shows coming up. If you're in those areas, um, yeah, come check it out, man. But other than that, I 
by the time you guys hear this next week, I should have my decision. I have to go back. So I've been out here in L.A. for the last couple weeks, and uh, I'm going back to Oklahoma this coming weekend. To we, we have to move out of our place regardless. So <laughs> either we need to get another place or I'm moving back. I'm just going to pack my shit and bring my shit. So, um, yeah. So by the time you guys hear this episode, this podcast next week, I will have decided if I'm going to move back 100% to L.A. or if maybe I'm going to stick around in Oklahoma for a while. I was thinking about Austin, and it's still a possibility, but I just don't think it's a possibility right now. I think, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, I, I feel like if anything, you know, with Austin, I know it's cool, it's shiny, it's new, you know, they're opening comedy clubs and whatnot, and it's it's great. Like, I like Austin, but... I just think that for for both me and my girl, you know, it's either Oklahoma or or L.A. Because if we're in Oklahoma, then at least we're close to her family. And if we're in L.A., then at least we're close to my family. And as I've learned in this pandemic, you know, having that foundation is just super important. It really is. And uh, so that's why I probably not probably that's why I. I kind of omitted Austin out of the whole thing, you know. Um, so, yeah. So, hopefully, I'll have a decision by the time you guys hear this. Thank you guys so much for listening. Sorry I missed it. I just was just so busy trying to get things going here that I just haven't had time to do the podcast. But, fuck it, man. I did it in traffic. So, anyway, this has been The Camera Adds 10 Pounds. Come see me. Follow me on social. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye.